0: This is Seth Silvers. Usually I am behind the show as the producer, but I wanted to make a quick announcement and let you know what's happening on today's episode because it's a little bit different. On today's episode, we actually wanted to bring you an interview that Apollonia did on our friend, Jay Allen's podcast, Safety FM. We loved this interview. We thought it was so great and kind of gives a different perspective on Apollonia's story and the safety industry. And so we wanted to bring you this interview for today's episode of the True Safety Podcast. Also, we encourage you, go check out the Safety FM podcast. We'll have links in the show notes below that you can go find that. We love the work that Jay Allen is doing, and we are proud that True Safety is part of the Safety FM family. We hope you enjoy.
1: This this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM.
0: Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Jay Allen Show. Hopefully everything is good and grand inside of your neck of the woods. Thank you for all of those who came out last week and hung out at ACFS Safety Day 2021. Even if you weren't there in person, but you were able to take a listen to what was going on on safetyfm.com. We did broadcast throughout the day, and we did have some of those people who were there talk on the radio station. It was quite fantastic going through the whole thing. Of course, talking about what was going on at the first event that I have been to in person in quite some time. So it was exciting going through that whole process and so on. Don't worry, we'll probably end up releasing some of those episodes throughout the next few weeks for you to take a listen to what you might have missed if you did not listen to the radio station or were not at the event itself. Anyways, let me t- take away from the conversation that I have going on today because I think you're really going to like it. I I get to have a conversation with the owner and the founder of True Safety Services. Now, the funny part is, is that Apollonia Rockwell is someone who I got to meet over the last few weeks, and it was interesting sitting down having a conversation with her and going through how she started her career to get to where she's at now. Now, I want you to know, her story starts off much different than most people. And I think you're going to enjoy that aspect of it. Apollonia and I get into all kinds of different things during this conversation. Take a listen now on the Jay Allen Show, and let me know what you think. Safety FM, changing safety cultures. One, one broadcast and one podcast at a time. I'm so
1: happy. Well, I'm
0: so excited to have you on. I have to tell you, I've been watching what you've been doing online and I was like, I have to get you on. I I reached out and I was like, let's see how it goes. You're interviewing a little bit of everyone as of late. Um, So I don't know. I always like to start off with the simplest question. At least I think it's the simplest, but then it's also the most difficult question. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. Why
0: did you get involved into safety? I mean, how did it start? Oh my
1: goodness. Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, well, I guess I'll go back. So when I was just to paint you a story, when I was uh, real little in the third grade, my dad worked in the oil and gas industry. And uh, um, so he would be like my hero. He was the guy that would come in. He we worked a ton. So when he was around, it was amazing. And so he would come into my school. I'll, I'll never forget and do, um, you know, host and chaperone school little vacations, field vacations, and he would always come in with the mullet and the cutoff t-shirt and the boots inside, or the the jeans tucked inside the boots, like real oil field, just like a, a super, a rock star. And he had a really close friend, his best friend named Marty. And one day my dad came home and told me that Marty died on the job. And at that time, Marty's kid was also in the third grade with me. And we grew up in Platteville, Colorado. And, you know, in the, I, I didn't understand what it meant. I, I'd spent so much time with Marty, I'd, with this kid that I went to school with. And I thought, how do, you, how do you go to work and you don't come home? And that was my first funeral. And it was open casket. And I'll never forget the emotions in that room to see Amador, his child, who's also in the third grade, the wife, the kids. And it was not at that time where I was like, I'm going to be in safety. That was not the story. Mm-hmm. But what I did know and what did land on me as a little girl was my dad can go to work and not come home. And that just, he meant so much to me. So that stuck with me. And so I was very curious about his occupation. What is the oil and gas industry? What's construction? What's construction? And I just was very curious as to why everyone hated safety. I'm like, if people, you're, you're telling me all these buddies of yours are losing fingers or losing their lives, like, how is this so, how is this possible? And so I was very curious. And when I graduated high school and I was in college, I, did, I was taking my general education, to make a long story short, and I decided to work for an oil and gas company. We had oil and gas construction in a trucking division, and I worked with safety there and then simultaneously was going to college online and got my bachelor's in
0: occupational
1: health and safety and uh, yeah but
0: hold on to- hold on you you jumped into this hold on because <laughs> I, I, I I'm slightly confused here so <laughs> yeah. you at third grade you're already saying you you're interested in safety but you this is not the dive you want to take at the moment so yeah. you go in for general so at what point do you make the decision hey i want to go ahead and go into safety side because you're already talking that you're that you're working for the company and I apologize yes. for interrupting but Don't I just want right. to have a better understanding so when does the mindset go of okay click this is what I want to do because there's not a lot of people that go out there and say oh yeah safety's the thing I want to go into
1: absolutely that's right. <laughs> no you make you point out a really good point i I I applied I was like I want to work in in this industry I want to work in oil and gas and that's when I got my this first job here and they said you can do safety and I said, I'll never forget. My boss was this rough, tough, charismatic, like hands, like bricks. Like this boss was crazy. He was awesome. And I said, well, what is safety about? And he was like, figure it the fuck out. Like, I'll never forget that. Like, I want you to do run our safety program. We have a gap. We have a, we have a uh, at, you know, at that time, um, a a pretty steep TRIR. And I didn't know what that meant though at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to school for my general. I'm in in my first role as safety. And they had a consultant at that time that was doing spot checks. And so I learned from that consultant, what their current safety program looked like, what it was supposed to look like, what their gaps were, and then at the, and then two years into this company and when it was time to select a focus in my education, I thought this would be a no brainer to go ahead and get my bachelor's in occupational health and safety because this is everything I'm doing at work. And my, some of my class scenarios were like, what would you do if somebody's operating a backhoe and it falls into a trench? I'm like, I did this last week.
0: This is what we're doing already is really <laughs> what it boils the- down. So when this boss tells you to figure it out, ballpark, how old are you at this time?
1: I was 20.
0: So is there an intimidation factor at the moment where he turns around and he's telling you this? I mean, it's kind of like you just figure it out. I mean, and if you're new into it, what kind of pressure are you feeling?
1: I went into my car. I went into my Jetta. And it's a shop. You know, it's a shop. There's no pavement. I go out, um, probably in my heels, and I go into... Clicking into the dirt road into my car and I call my mom. Maybe I was nineteen actually, and I call my mom and I'm like, I'm crying, and she's like, "You need to buckle up, <laughs> and you need to figure it out, and you go back in there and you show him why he hired you and don't make him regret it." And I was like, "But mom, I'm not getting any guidance. There's no mentorship here. This is not a mentoring opportunity." He yells at me all the time. And she's like, "I don't care. Figure it out." So. What I've learned from this consultant was maybe what, how not to do
0: safety. Because <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you're saying consultant and not giving names. I understand now it makes a lot of sense. And you're yes. cringing, which people are not going to be able to see this. I think it's, it's <laughs> yes. interesting. So you, go, so you go down this path, you do. The, so you start learning, you get information from the consultant. You decide to go down this path. Yeah. But as you're doing this, are you enjoying li- doing the life experience aspects, and then also at the same time learning? Because there might be stuff, as you just referenced, that is that's occurring, but you haven't even had "quote unquote" lessons for yet.
1: Yeah. So how exactly.
0: are you enjoying that as as it's going through?
1: Here's what I enjoyed. I like how you framed that up. I enjoyed. I was fascinated with safety. I was obsessed with finding out why do people hate loathe safety? My dad, the owner, the welders, the drivers, the roustabout crews, there has to be a way. So I was literally obsessed with figuring that out. And I'm like, okay, so let's see what we're doing. And then I realized, okay, well, what we're doing is not working. We have somebody that comes in. Here's what I know. A consultant comes in. Everybody rather gouge their eyeballs out than be in the safety meeting. They're sleeping. They're texting. They'd rather be anywhere else. Somebody comes in who doesn't have any field experience. Somebody who comes in who has a super buoyant Roaring PowerPoint that's outdated on the OSHA website.
0: Oh, so many people are going to hate you because you're saying all this. <laughs> I can't
1: help it. But This is good because I'm not a field employee, so I'll show you how I twist this is that to somebody who comes in and, and doesn't, it's not so much that they didn't have field experience, it was that, but it was also that they just didn't know and they didn't care to know because there were there were spewing OSHA regulations and this and I'm like people hate the stereotypical safety person who comes in with an ego who is a know-it-all and they pretend to know what the boots on the ground are experiencing and that's not the case and I was like that's why there's this big disconnect what I was obsessed with how do I gap this disconnect between safety And the field. And I'm like, all right, I'm never going to get the experience. I'm never going to be a a trade expert in welding and driving and in rouse about in construction. And as much time as I spent in the welding shop, out in the field, out in all these crazy remote locations, I'm still not going to get that field experience. But here's what I can do. I can learn the stories of the field employees of the field workers of the team and I can understand what do they care about most. Oh, safety's never had a conversation in this scenario. Safety's never had a conversation with one of these guys to see where what is their life about. What you know, what are they experience? What kind of hours? What kind of what kind of work type, what kind of um, environment are they experiencing? So that way there's a level of understanding. So that way the message can be framed a little bit different instead of preaching. It could be a conversation and I wasn't perfect at it because I did model what I knew, which was come up with a compelling PowerPoint and do a great presentation. And I'll never forget my boss pulled me aside after one safety meeting and was like, you Effing sound like an effing valley girl. He's like, you know what you're going to do? You're going to record yourself, and you're going to see how terrible you are on screen. And you're going. Like to sounds like a really nice guy. <laughs> but he's oh, wow. one of the guys that I look up to and admire and respect most to this day. He's such an incredible human. Um. So he's like, you need to engage the team. I was like, well, how do I do that? And he was like, listen. Like, like listen to them. When you're asking them, why don't you wear this certain face shield? Why don't you wear these glasses in the shop? Listen to what they tell you and then become a problem solver. And I was like, okay, yeah, instead of just doing mock OSHA audits where I'm, you know, completely disconnected and I'm writing up an audit and then the team's maybe blindsided with my findings. That doesn't do any, it doesn't, do anyone any good because it's not their idea. The solutions that I came up with weren't their solutions. I didn't get input. I, I didn't get input I didn't engage. And so what I slowly did was I realized all right, my safety means although I'm never going to have the field experience, but you know who the expert is is they are. they're the expert. So what I can do when we're doing um, a confined space, let's say a confined space safety meeting. What I can do is group everybody up per division or we can mix it up the next time and we can, I could give out discussion questions on who here has been through what confined spaces. What is our, you know, how do you run through the process? Or maybe I would put managers in each discussion pod so that there would be a leader there and they would be able to lead the conversation. I would pull the information out of them and it, Changed my life as a
0: safety professional. But how do you figure before before the boss the boss man came around and told you this? How did you know? How were you aware that you had to listen and take what what we'll call the human approach to interacting with this with the people out in the field? Because a lot of people don't think that. And and I'm not picking on age here, but at a young age, you're really developing something that most people don't obtain until years later. Yeah. What clicked in your brain that you said this is the way to do this?
1: I just it I'm telling you, Jay, just something dawned on me where I I just knew that this game wasn't about who's the smartest person in the room, but the game was that we're all humans. And humans have stories. And I could spend all the time that I wanted to in the shop, but I wasn't going to become the best welder. I wasn't going to be the best driver, the best construct whatever it was. And but if I pull those stories out of people. And if we come up, if I have them come up with the solution with my guided expertise of what I'm learning, I didn't learn everything even through school. It was just really after hours of just being so obsessed with OSHA. And just-
0: well, That's the thing, too. You were obsessed with OSHA. We found yep. some certificates that you have. Oh my goodness. I was like, what the hell was going on here? It's close to like, it's like 20. It's like 20 that you have at least that that we could find.
1: That's so funny. I was obsessed. There was this inner, there was this crazy passion that I bring to the, that I feel in my blood today. And, you know, honestly, I think that this passion started with like the love Like for my dad, like I, I love him and respected him, always wanted his time. I always wanted to be something important to him. And I was just, I just didn't understand how there could again, be this gap with hating safety and, and you know, how could I, I thought to myself, if I can convince my dad who at that time was old school safety mindset, old school oil field. If I could get, he would be like my, my tester, like for a safety meeting or for something. If I could word it in a way where he approves or I could, you know, I could gauge that he's actually following along, then it's going to work with my guys. So did you doc. ever
0: get, did you ever get worried that, because it was your dad and there's blood relationship that it might be slightly jaded where he might go, Oh, you're my daughter. So I'm appreciating it. No. Or, th- or, or what he would just tell you regardless.
1: He would tell me, no, you're right. No, he's actually the opposite. He would be, he <laughs> loves, argue. he's very
0: argumentative. <laughs> very, he might listen to this. I don't know if this is a good thing.
1: <laughs> he needs to listen. He's, he, he's a really fun <laughs> guy, but like he's argumentative, He's stubborn. And at that time, like nothing was going to change his mind, you know, it was. And so I just thought if I could get him to, to like shift the needle to thinking a little bit different, then I know it's going to work at work.
0: (laughs) Well, what I always call it is when you're trying to interact with your parents and trying to give them advice, I call it the powdered butt syndrome, where if they've powdered your butt, they're not going to listen to what you have to say for the most of the time. So it has to be really engaging, at least to be able to convince them. So you did something there.
1: Totally. I was just... (laughs) on a mission to do things different and to figure out a way that this was going to, that I could make a safe, I could develop a safety program where people were going to be bought in and engaged and, and lead without me because I realized quick, that I can't be the leader of the safety program. I can't, I can drive it and I can guide it and I can enforce it. But I can't be the one that carries day out this day day program out. on a day-to-day because I could do all the audits in the world, I realized, too. I learned that lesson. So many lessons. <laughs> I could do all the audits in the world, but it doesn't mean anything if the second I leave, everyone's like, screw that person. Like,
0: I'm well, not I mean, but, you, but you did this for about close to three years, and then yeah. you decided to do the what we'll call the world of crazy. You decided you decided to jump into consulting, which apparently you had a very bad example about previously. So why all of a sudden once you realize that okay, you can't do the day in and day out, but you want to help multiple people, when do you feel the courage? I mean, at what point do you get to where you say, okay, true safety services is my dream, and this is what I'm going to do? So
1: it actually wasn't that's a great question. It wasn't a dream. And I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't execute after. I didn't move forward until I had the courage. What actually happened was the real story was, is um, a company, a small company out of North Dakota, was working out east of where I live, where it's very remote areas. And uh, this gentleman, the owner of this North Dakota company, called my boss and said, "Hey, we have a guy out here who just mangled both of his hands." Um, do you know of anybody or what can I do? Like what am I supposed to do here? Like we don't even know where the nearest hospital is. And I have this guy in my truck right now. And my boss said, Yeah, call Apollonia. And so the guy, the owner calls me and he's like, He's he's calling me frantic. I have I have a guy in my truck right now, both of his hands are bleeding. None of us know what the severity is. I think he lost both of his hands. Where do I go? So I guide him, I meet him at the hospital. We we go through the whole um just that experience alone, I didn't start the initial investigation right then and there, but I'm you know, I'm starting it. And I'm in the waiting room with this, with this gentleman who's not from here. He wasn't even from North Dakota, this employee and this grown man who doesn't have anybody that he loves or knows near him. And the nurse is like, all right, we're about to take your gloves off, but we don't know We don't know what we're going to see here. Right. So I just need you to be prepared for your fingers to be missing. Okay. And this is going to be really painful. And to see that, the, 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 how do I explain it? He was scared, but I think he more so felt alone. Like I feel out of my element when I'm at a conference in Texas, I'm from Colorado. I feel different. Like I couldn't imagine how this gentleman was feeling. And long story short, with that, we did the whole investigation. I went to rehab with him. Um, did physical therapy. Did the all that. Filed the workers' comp. Did the whole deal. And that boss was like, then that boss of that company was like, hey, I want to hire you. And I was like, no, I am so loyal to my boss. My boss is amazing. And this guy was like, well, we need a safety program, like, obviously. And I said, yeah, no shenanigans, you need a safety program. And so my boss actually said, if you want Apollonia, like, I know that there's something in you that, like, you you are meant to serve a lot of different people and not just me. And, like, I believe in you. And he said, if you want to, I will allow you to consult on the side if you find me a a safety, a full-time safety person to replace you, you know, you're going to hire this person, you're going to interview this person. And I'm always going to have you as my consultant. When you start your business, Apollonia, you're always going to serve as my business. And I was like, all right. So he just gave me the, okay, the belief and the, he knew that in those three years when we turned their program around, we turned their culture around. No, it was not perfect, um, but
0: dang,
1: did we make strides in a huge impact in those people's lives at that company. And I still have relationships with a lot of the, the team members at that initial company. But so I was managing both companies and then I was just deciding to train every weekend that did safe land every Saturday and Sunday at an old high school. That was, uh, it was just like a vacant building kind of that I rented out. It wasn't that vacant, but it was a kind of a shady building and I rented it out. <laughs> <laughs> so all my friends are partying and having a great time on <laughs> the weekends and, I was, and uh, I, so I people like, are asking,
0: "What's wrong with you? You're wrenching the. You, <laughs> what is <are they laughs> wrong with
1: you?" And I'm like, "I'm training. I'm training safety classes on the weekends. My classes were, uh, you know, they're eight out. They were eight hour classes. So I just did that on the side, and then it just got. I just gained so many customers that I finally thought, all 'All right, I'm ready to hire my first employee, my first team member.' So then I mani- I consulted for that initial company for a mm-hmm. really long time. Um, I do work for them a little bit now and then, but I'm just—I'm still great, great, great friends with the owner and his wife.
0: So, yeah. So I'm—I'm going to have to jump back a little bit because you—you you, you left us on a on a very interesting part. I know you yeah. said the gentleman went to rehab. Yeah. What happened when the gloves came off?
1: He was missing. He was missing, not a complete amputation, but he lost the majority of three fingers. And, um, it was a wild story that morning. He fist fought another team member in the the morning of I'm writing this investigation. And I was like, okay, so you fought Johnny. Okay. Well, um, why did that happen? And he was like, well, he, um, he took my Mountain Dew like out of my And I was like, did you say that was Mountain Dew? Mm-hmm. Okay. from He took your Mountain Dew from the fridge and then you guys fought with your fists. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? It was crazy. But you know what I think about it? I was driving to these remote locations in the middle of nowhere with no service in this little Jetta of mine. And it was so dangerous. <laughs> now that I think about it, I would go out there when it's like winter and to, it was weird because in the moment, like I didn't, I was fearful, not fearful of what am I doing? But kind of like you mentioned before is like, how did you have the courage to go out and serve other companies? And I, there was always a, there was always, yeah, um reservations just that I had about myself, but when I would get in front of people, and when I realized this wasn't the Apollonia shell, it never was. when I realized that it was always about them and how do I improve their lives, how do I improve this company's culture how do i how do I pull that out of them is when the pressure came off. I was so afraid starting my career in safety because I'm like, how am I going to know
0: all the answers? You never are. (laughs) Yeah. That's the great part about it.
1: Yeah. I was like, and then it just, everything shifted in my life when I realized it was all about them. It had nothing to do with me. So,
0: yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great story. It's a great journey to where you're at now. So, I mean, now I'd imagine you're gangbusters going all over the place, (laughs) doing the things that you're doing. So I (laughs) I see that you're doing some stuff and consulting but then all of a sudden you go in let's say october of 18 give or take yeah you uh, you get the you, you get the courage you get the knock and all of a sudden the apollonia rockwell show comes about yep. for the first time
1: yes
0: but yeah what what are you, what are you visioning at the time where you say hey i have a message that needs to be shared how do you come up with this
1: i think i'm um, what what i Initially, was going through my mind was I'm very in tune, or at least I try to be, <laughs> with social media and marketing, and what is the best strategy to get um, to get a message across, and how do you start building a community? What does that even mean? What does it look like? And what I realized even before podcasting is even just getting the business started is I realized people aren't doing in my town in my area. People weren't, safety companies weren't utilizing social media. So before the podcast, I realized there are no social media posts. There is no social media footprint from the other safety consultants or the safety companies around me. So I remember being like, I'm going to be the first, I'm going to get my message out there. I'm going to let them know that we do training, but we do it different and we do consulting, but we do it different. And so then when podcasting came along and I just started listening to my own personal development podcast, I thought we need to jump on this now because if I can pull stories, like going back, I guess, to the story theme is if I can pull out messages, maybe they're not safety messages. Maybe they're just from other business owners or from other leaders within organizations. Because what I realized is that not only is it about it is it all about people, it's not so much about regulations, but I've been I got fascinated with culture because I realized there isn't a safety culture. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I talk about safety culture, but what I really mean and what I really understood is it just is culture. A company has a culture. What is that culture? Why is that culture the way it is? And depending on what that culture is like is is going to be what the safety program is. Like it, it all is together is what my realization was. And so once I realized that, then I was like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to interview people who have helped shift their companies and help take their organizations to the next level. When it came to culture, that's who I want to talk to.
0: So you start getting into it, you do some podcast. it goes from October give or take of eighteen, mm-hmm. but then come about June of nineteen there's a pause. Yes, what's going on during the time are you are are you having hesitations about it? What are you thinking because it it's an extended break before you come back around yes. we're almost talk- we're talking November of twenty yes. before you you, 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 do you like all this research we did on you? Uh, I, but that, <laughs> I,
1: would, I would love it because it paints such a great picture. So what happened was I got pregnant.
0: <laughs> well, that could—that's a life-changing event. We can understand why you would uh, get away from the from the mic for a little bit. Yeah,
1: And, and <laughs> you know, I think maybe, maybe so, maybe not. Maybe the girls can relate to this, but for the the longest time, like starting the podcast, I just was so to speed you know, be vulnerable and honest. I was so consumed with what I looked like on film, like, because we're doing the podcast, but we were filming it to put on YouTube. And I was just like, I hate the way I look. Like, not only do I hate the way I sound, but I hate the way I look. I I hate, like my hair looked bad. And then, then I got pregnant and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a life-changing deal. This is crazy to deal with know all the mamas can relate like just those that first pregnancy you don't really know what to expect and then I'm running a business and uh, a small team at that time maybe maybe at that time maybe 12 team members um but just kind of oh sorry you might hear a train oh you're good. You're good but uh just navigating through life on what it's like to lead a team and to be pregnant and then those initial months of having a baby and mm-hmm. actually right now i'm five months pregnant with my second and um no end in sight with the podcast this time around so i feel like i kind of know what i'm doing just a little bit more well, so, you're, and, you're, of- and
0: you're but you're doing video you're still doing videos and if you don't take it the wrong way i think you look great i mean i <laughs> Uh, my wife was pregnant. She was fine with doing the stuff that she was doing. I think it's such a beautiful aspect when women are pregnant, um, mm-hmm. going through the whole process and just letting, letting themselves be. So I'm glad that you can decide to continue to move yeah. forward with this during your segment pregnancy. Yeah,
1: no, thank you. I think that, yeah, I think that I, um, I realized just exactly what you said is that this is, you know, it's, it's just life. And, you know, to share this experience with the audience and let people know the real struggles of parenthood and that's motherhood and fatherhood. And there's a lot there. It's not just on the mom, but there's a lot that everyone goes through. It takes a village. And so right now to this date, I have a year and a half year old and, and i do right now Uh, in October. So yeah, exciting times.
0: (laughs) Exciting times. So as things are going through, your business continues to grow. You're doing the podcasting. Are you doing any virtual classes for people or are they normal? Are you having anything open for the public or is it only mostly for people like companies or how do you normally do your setup? If you don't mind me asking.
1: Absolutely. So before COVID, oh my gosh, we could talk all day about that. Before COVID, mainly everything was in person, but let's see, a year before COVID really hit, I knew that we needed to have online OSHA classes, OSHA awareness classes, safety classes. So we launched TSU, which is True Safety University. So I had went and I filmed and produced our initial 12 or 15 OSHA classes so those were all produced at a studio. And then the goal was to add to that library, which we recently did. We now have um, around a hundred courses um did OSHA you just say
0: OSHA. add or kind of recreate almost everything oh my god if you start off with 16 and you're at 100 right a, you, you right made it sound like it was a little work that was a lot of work
1: but it was all <laughs> worth it and necessary but so we had our t- our online osha class platform then we did person in-person courses COVID hit we moved all of our classes obviously virtually and I think as you could probably experience, you could probably speak to you as well is that our world shifted on how we do safety. And so that includes well just the education world, right? And so we did Safe First Aid, H actually not first aid. It, it took American Red Cross a little bit longer to figure out the in-person portion. Mm-hmm. But we did Safe H2S. Um, everything else was was virtual. And right now to this day, we are doing. Um, we're doing both. We're still offering in-person classes, but we're also doing virtual, um, depending what the customer needs and depending on the class size. You know, we're still very restricted, and um, and we're just we're just playing it safe right now.
0: So, are you are you willing to travel the country, or are you limited to the Colorado area, or how do you go about with your business
1: right now? Not what for the
0: non-virtual, of course, just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but we have team. so we have a team member in Texas, and we're looking at adding a team member in New Mexico, and we're primarily here out of Colorado. So right now, we're, we haven't traveled specifically for any classes. Those would have all been virtual. It's really, really cool. Our Safeline classes that we offer on a weekly basis, we're getting people from all over the place, all over, and that's been exciting. The East Coast, all over, so it's been great. And we hope to see that. We hope to continue to do more virtual and to um, expand our audience that way. But we know we have amazing training. We know our instructors are incredible. We have a we have a twist on our classes, and uh, we're very passionate about education and how people leave differently from our classes. So, um, so it's exciting for us to be able to touch lives all over the place.
0: So, with you being this in this for quite a period of time. What do you think still currently some safety people in some organizations have as the biggest misconception about the world of safety?
1: That it's a people game, that this all is a people game and life is a people game. And if we don't care more about the person than we do the regulations, then that should probably be a should probably self reflect right there and kind of understand all right how are we leading are we more are we regulation leading or are we people leading because regulations osha regulations safety regulations aren't incredibly important i think both of us agree on that and they're a, they're a guiding force but they're also a, they're the fundamentals You know, OSHA's regulations are just the basics. And so when you can lead and inspire and impact a culture within an organization of accountability, of being your brother's keeper, um, looking out for the person next to you, and you really genuinely care about the person next to you, and you're getting to know them, then that's going to be more of an impact. than being the most knowledgeable
0: person in the room from OSHA regulations. That's how totally, I see it. I totally agree with what you said right there. You yeah. were so spot on.
1: Yeah.
0: Apollonia, if people want to know more about you and what you have going on, where can they find out more information?
1: Apollonia Rockwell surprisingly nobody has that username <laughs> on any platform
0: I, I have to tell you that is such a stage name you fall into this whole, this this whole thing I have a I have a very dear friend of mine that his name is Sheldon Primus and I, he swears that his name is not made up and I'm like it's made up but made when up. I heard, Sheldon? When, you know, so when I read your when I read your name the first time I was like that's like a that has to be like a specialty safety name that you came up with. But if you if you're rocking it as your own steal it and go with it.
1: That's you know? it. Yeah, it was the Apollonia Hansen before I was married and then I got Apollonia Rockwell. So um, perfect yeah. name
0: perfect, works perfectly. I like safety presented by. There you go. There we go. Any
1: platform um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all of it is
0: Apollonia Raffa, so. (laughs) That works out very well. Well, Apollonia, I really do appreciate you coming on to the show today.
1: thank you so much. It was awesome to be here. I hope to continue the conversation.
0: SafetyFM.com